Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. So as you guys know, most of our shows are pre-recorded so that Denise and I can plan and work around a good schedule. But in light of recent events happening in our country, we thought it was important before we introduce our show for this week to address what is happening in our country right now from our perspective of being highly sensitive, spiritually awakened empaths. So Denise, I think you'd agree it's been a really difficult time for us in this whole country right now, watching the difficulty and the pain and the anguish that so many are experiencing. It's surreal. It's deep, it's raw, and I don't think there is one person in our listening community that isn't being impacted by this on a very core level. It's constantly like being hit with emotional hail with the energy that's going around right now. And I think right now there is a lot of fear, a lot of anger, a lot of emotion that is heightened on every angle of that emotional spectrum you can you can talk about and with that comes sadness and this feeling of loss but also this feeling of hope you know we have a lot of hope right now as we look at what these protests are doing for our country already new laws are being enacted new training manuals are being drawn up and so good things are coming out of this very difficult period i agree And truly, this is about reaching a place, and I believe this in my soul, this is about all of us reaching a place of unity and peace and acceptance for ourselves, for one another. That, to me, is the ultimate perfect result from everything that's going on, and I think we've all been building in that direction, finding each other, finding like-minded community, finding ways to be kind and help each other out. As altruistic and Pollyanna as that may sound, I really, really believe that's the answer. I do too. And, you know, that's the reason why we decided to focus on the daily meditation where we asked everyone to just pause in their day and join us and visualize, meditate, and pray for peace. And the reason why we wanted to focus on peace is because as empaths, I don't know about you, Denise, but it took me a long time to just be able to sit and watch the news because my stomach would get upset, I would get a headache, I would cry. It was just, it still is so painful to watch the news and watch, you know, what what everyone is dealing with, what to see it video, to see it live. I don't know. I had a really hard time with it and I didn't have the words for the pain that I felt for every every victim of of this oppression and violence that has been going on. I didn't have words for it. Right now words are what we have but are also some are being misconstrued or if you're not saying the right thing or you're saying it with the wrong tone I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I don't want to make anyone... It, it hurts my heart to think I would say or do anything that someone would feel less because that's not what we're all about as human beings or as empaths or as a community. No, we are here to support each other, to uplift one another, to stand by and for one another. And that was the point of our meditation was to focus on on peace. Do we believe justice needs to be done? Yes. Yes, we do. But we don't believe that can be done without peace. We just wanted to take a minute to explain our perspective and where we were coming from. And I don't think it's helpful to try to shame, blame, or harass us, or put us down, or negate us, or um, any of the hurtful, harmful words that have been you know, shared with us on all social media and email and and everything. I, I just don't think that's helping anything that we are trying to create in our country right now. And I think that, again, this is why we were focusing on peace. Yes, there is anger right now. And yes, I think there needs to be anger. We need to be outraged. We need to demand and ask for change. However, as 
podcasters and teachers of spirituality, we are simply inviting people who want to, to join us for this weekly meditation. You don't have to. You don't have to berate it either. And so I think it's just, it's made me feel at a loss in terms of, well, how are we supposed to respond to this? You know, because it seems like whatever response you have, there's just attack coming to everyone on all sides. I had to ask myself, and this is personal. This is my own personal opinion. It has nothing to do with the show. And I ask myself this a lot. Have I done anything that I need to apologize for? Have I been unkind? Have I treated anyone with disrespect? And if I can answer in my heart, no, I haven't, then I know I'm on the right track. And if by either omission or by something I've said, because we, we all, you've listened to me long enough, things fly out of my mouth sometimes, and I even roll my own eyes saying, oh, Denise, I can't believe you said that. But, and I don't know if I, I may cut this out, I may not, but one of my sons called me and he said, I'm just following your rule. And I said, well, what is that? And he said, you always said, do the right thing and don't be an ass. And I think that that is a really good way to look at this. You can ask yourself, am I doing the right thing or am I being an ass? It's your call, but please know that from, from my heart to yours, I respect you, I love you, and I appreciate who you are on the planet. Well said, exactly. And we are all champion and rooting for harmony, equality, justice and peace to reign supreme not only in our country but throughout the world and i don't think we're going to get there by attacking each other i think we're going to get there by focusing on the light within ourselves by recognizing the light in every one of our brothers and sisters around us by seeing that light reflected back in everyone's eyes and focusing on the good the hope and the positive change that can come out of this very difficult time we are all going through. I think it's a needed experience. I think it's necessary. I have always said that you have to shine a light on anything in your life or in the world that is, you know, unjust or not working. And I think that's what's happening right now is a light is being shined. No one can ignore or deny any longer what is happening in our country, that, that racism, unfortunately, is alive and well. And so I think what's happening right now is needed and necessary and overdue. And I also think that in order to thrive and get through this together, we need to do it by standing up for one another and supporting one another. And that was our intention with our peace meditation. I really do see this as a stepping stone into this true unity that we're hoping to find. I do agree that hope and positive change will come out of this. And I think where Denise and I are coming from is simply a place of unity and standing up and standing next to everyone who needs our help and who needs any words of comfort. And if people are upset because we didn't do enough or or did too much or were too in your face with our peace meditation that was not our intention at all all we wanted to do was hold space for all of us to take a moment and just focus on peace not to deny the justice that needs to happen right now not to diminish the importance of the protest going on, but simply to hold space for us to come together and energetically hold each other's hands and say, we can do this together. We can get through this together by focusing on peace. That was our intention and that remains our intention. You will continue to join us at 3 p.m. to focus on peace. And it this is actually a perfect show today because it's on authenticity and stepping into your truth. 
And I think that that's exactly what so much of this is about right now is aligning with what is your authentic truth and speaking your voice. Yes, speaking up, speaking out, and speaking your voice in words that resonate for you. And I feel like right now, Denise, there's so much of, well, you have to say this, or you didn't say that, or you know, you have to hashtag this or post that. And all I know is that I am standing up for Black Lives Matter. I am supporting the movement in my own personal ways. And yes, that's the key, owning our own responsibility in the Black Lives Matter movement. Whether it's marching in protests, speaking our truth, supporting businesses, or reassessing internal dialogues and perceptions, we're here to help with the healing and balance that's so long overdue, but is finally happening. I really feel so very blessed to be part of this shift and change because we're, we're all paying it forward for future generations. Thank you so much for taking a moment to listen to our side of the story. We hope you have a great week and we will be back with you soon. This week, Denise and I are going to be discussing what it means to be your authentic self. And I think during this quarantine time where all of us have had more moments of quiet reflection and more spaces in our day to really reflect, we're being asked to go within in ways maybe we haven't really faced at all or ever in our lives to look at ourselves. What makes us happy? Who are we? Are we being our authentic self? And it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. It's by Ralph Waldo Emerson. He says, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. And Denise, don't you think that can be really hard for empaths who are always kind, we're kind of like the effervescent chameleons, you know, where we can align ourselves to the moods of a room in order to help everyone feel better. And so I think sometimes being authentic for an empath is an even greater struggle than, than for the average person. I agree 100%. And you know, authenticity is about presence and living in the moment, having conviction and confidence and staying true to yourself. And I think during these times, during this shift, we're all being nudged towards stepping more into our power and our light and saying, this is what I came here to do. It's also about you know, what's my true nature and beliefs, which can be really scary, especially as empaths, because we feel everybody else's everything so strongly. Um, but being true to ourselves or to what we identify with as to, I mean, it's all so interconnected that uh, Brene Brown put this perfect, perfectly. She said, to be authentic, we must cultivate the courage to be imperfect and vulnerable. We have to believe that we are fundamentally worthy of love and acceptance, just as we are. I've learned there's no better way to invite more grace, gratitude, and joy into our lives than by mindfully practicing authenticity. That, I love, love, love that quote. I do too. And she, she really goes into detail in this in her book, uh, The Gifts of Imperfection. And she says, authenticity is the antidote to shame. She defines authenticity as a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real, the choice to be honest, the choice to be our true selves and be seen. You know, she gives five steps. And the first one is letting go of shame, which when you think about that, shame is one of those weird don't you find that's a weird emotion to identify? I do, because shame can be as simple as, oh, I'm not talking enough in this conversation, or I said the wrong thing. Or it can be something as huge as feeling shame over a traumatic event that occurred in your life. So there's a big spectrum there. Right. And if if we're feeling this connection to be so strong to our true selves but we're afraid of being found lacking or rejected or being held under the microscope, that can really be a deterrent to stepping into our authenticity. Yeah. And I, I think what's at the heart of not stepping into your authenticity is this almost instinctive need we have to fit in. 
exactly. And we're, we're, I think you and I are finally getting to the point where it's like, you know what, what you see is what you get. But if you're just coming out of that empathic closet or if you're just stepping into, oh my gosh, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just highly sensitive and intuitive and empathic. It's, it's a big learning curve. You know, I'm there and I'm not there. It depends on the circumstances. Like I was recently at, at a situation where I was surrounded with a dentist, a doctor, an engineer, and, and, and a therapist. Those are all really great, amazing professions. And when it came time to, what do you do for a living? I felt that same, oh shit moment. And I really thought I had worked through that. So yeah, most of the time I'm like, you know, here I am. I'm an intuitive. I host spirituality podcasts. If you don't like it, okay. Mm -hmm. But there are still times where I'm like, oh, do I have to go through this whole thing? of what I do. And yes, I know it's weird. And yes, it is true and valid. So I think it's, I think being authentic is a choice we have to make every day in every situation. And I have to believe it gets easier, but I don't think you can, you can say like, Oh, on October 16th, 1997, I made the decision to be authentic and I never looked back. Right. And, and that kind of ties into that next step that Brene Brown gives in her book is being authentic doesn't mean bearing at all. It means vulnerability is a necessary part of being authentic. And it was incredibly vulnerable to sit in that room full of, and that's a pretty linear group, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and so, but that healthy vulnerability is when, you know, a, you're sharing your story when you know there are people that you can't, it, when, with a select few, with people who care about you. It's not closing yourself off, but recognizing when to share and when to, to, to maybe be, be quiet about it. So it's not good or bad. It just depends on the situation. So the whole, what is it, TMI, some of the things, mm. oh, oh, that I know, I haven't blushed in years, which I was thinking about that the other day. I used to blush fierce. And I would get so embarrassed and self-conscious. Some of the things that I'll see on people posting very openly in public forums, I feel that same blush response of, wow, why are you telling people this? This is way too much information. That's not vulnerability. That's oversharing. Do you agree with that? I do. That's a really, really good point. I think often when people overshare, that's, that's the shadow side of vulnerability. Yeah. I, vulnerability is just not hiding who you are. It's being comfortable with who you are and maybe not fully healed from whatever you're being vulnerable about, but okay with that. Okay with who you are, where you are, how you are. True. Because if vulnerability is really kind of a foundation for authenticity, oversharing can almost seem the polar opposite. It's almost too much please look at me, please pay attention to me, which has nothing to do with being authentic and true. No, no. Being authentic and true means you don't need other people's approval for you to right. feel okay. Right. Uh, the third step is boundaries support authenticity. And, oh, dear God, we have talked about healthy boundaries till we're ready to fall down. But <laughs> I don't know about you, work in progress here. But if... <laughs> And I keep quoting Brene Brown because she is kind of the queen of this work, you have to admit. For sure. She uses this, I love this acronym, BIG, to explain why boundaries are important. She said you have to maintain boundaries, the B, in, to maintain our integrity and still make the most generous assumptions about others. Isn't that a nice way to look at it? That is. That is. And it, and it reminds you that boundaries are about you and other people in your lives. So when you set healthy boundaries, you're not only helping yourself, but you're helping other people as well. Right. That seems to be what we're all trying to do is we want to be real and true to ourselves, but we also want to be a catalyst or a conduit or a safe place for other people to step into their authenticity and truth as well. Right. Another thing she mentions is we're all shooting ourselves, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which she said can really threaten authenticity 
because it often may show up in perfectionism or comparison. So I should be more of this, or we don't just speak, simply speak our truth because we don't feel like we're enough or it's not exactly what it needs to be. So when we learn to desire normalcy over authenticity, it can come across as fake as well. This is in Brene Brown's TED Talk. She talks about failing to meet the standard of perfection contributes to women feeling shame. And I know we have male listeners, and I, I see it more as a universal people feeling shame, but she's specifically addressing women to get trapped in a vicious cycle of feeling shame about missing that perfectionist mark of, and we hold on to that shame and it makes us too afraid to express enough of ourselves, enough of our truth to make that shame go away. Yeah. And I think that can be a hard one too, because we are a culture that is focused on perfection and focused on comparison. Right. I think whenever we have perfection as the end goal, we're going to be either filled with shame or regrets or too much should have, would have, could have. And whenever we focus on comparing ourselves to others, that's also going to end in misery. The only true path to authenticity is accepting yourself not only for who you are, but for where you are in life. That's perfect. And it's also a huge key to compassion because if we're being real with ourselves and with other people, it'll, it, it does, it gives you more confidence, but the key seems to be being kind to yourself first and then to other people. It's that put on the oxygen mask. We have to find a way. And this has come up in a lot of shows and a lot of interviews that we've done with people about that self-care and self-compassion. And to see this linked with authenticity makes perfect sense. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis who said, friendship is born at the moment when one man says to another, what, you too? I thought that was no one but myself. And don't you find that over and over with yes. people we talk to or comments on the Facebook page of, I feel normal. I feel like I belong. And that's truly, I think, with the authenticity is we want to feel okay. Right. Um, but nobody can make us feel okay except ourselves. Yes. You know, when yes. is it enough? How many letters do you need after your name? How many followers do you need on your social media pages? How many friends do you need to show up to your party? Nobody can define you except you. Right. I did some research and like five qualities that seem to be blanket statement of truly authentic people. The first one is be true to yourself, which means, and we say that a lot, oh, be true to yourself, do what you want, but really be honest, be trustworthy, live by your code of morals and values. It's a fundamental way to living a life of integrity. Talk the talk, but you also walk the walk, which means backing up your positive, empowering words with actions that benefit yourself and other people. So the abridged version is be true to yourself and do what you say you're going to do. And mm. Oscar Wilde, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. That really fits. Does But I think we can be true to ourselves in little small moments as well. So, for example, if you wake up one day during this quarantine and you don't want to do something you set out for yourself, ask yourself, do I have to do this today? Do I need to do this today? Why am I scheduled to do this? Be true to yourself and your actions on a daily level. To me, being true to yourself is also if you're in a situation and the conversation is going down a path that you don't agree with on an ethical or political level, you don't have to join that argument or that discussion, but you also don't have to sit there and listen to difficult things that are being said. There's such a fine line with being true to yourself in conversations. So you don't have to get into a big fight if someone disagrees with your political or ethical views but you can stand up for yourself and, and your views without it being contentious. I just think being true to yourself, that's such a broad statement, you know, because are you true to yourself in terms of life? Like this is, this is who I am and this is what I want out of life and this is who I like. Or are you true to yourself in terms of the words you, you share each day or don't share? Right. And I think that goes back to are you living by your, your morals and your values? And that may fluctuate from person to person. And what when you were just speaking, I was thinking about, because we've talked about this a lot, that I'm not real comfortable talking in big groups of people. And they, I 
would be, I had a vision of when I was in a meeting, a big meeting with all these people, and someone said something and it hit me viscerally. I had a physical reaction to, I need to say something, this isn't okay. And I kept replaying it in my head and I started to feel heart palpitations, my stomach started to get up because I, I felt so strongly I had to say something, but I was so anxious about having to say it in a big group of people. And I think sometimes paying attention, if, if it's triggering such a, a reaction with you physically, it's usually connecting with such a core truth for you or belief system that that can be a good indicator of this is an authentic piece of who I really am and I need to honor it. Yes, and speak it, even if it's hard. Right, or write it down and find a way to address it later or find a way to get that out. It can also just be a big you know, spirit waving a big red flag and say, okay, pay attention. This is important to you. What do you need to do with it? Second characteristic of authentic people is think inward, look outward. Deep thinkers who generate thought from within and then use that to add value to other people's lives. So, you know, if you're truly coming from a place of authenticity, give it the deep thought to say, what is it that we need to do? What do I need to do? So tap into that emotional intelligence and see how can this help. Be careful of how your actions influence people and act with good intentions and motives so that people will feel your authenticity. And that, that goes back to as empaths, that's what we do. We kick ass and take names at feeling people, at feeling their energy, at feeling what's going on in a room. And if we're projecting our own truth, that's what's going to resonate with other people and should become more likely to be mirrored back to us. Beautifully put. And it's, that's not easy to do. No, no. Especially, it goes back to that first little bit we talked about, the vulnerability of being so exposed. Really easy to be an introvert by yourself and be your truest self. And then to be able to take that skill set and put it into a, a social situation. Oh, about you, that's a big ass leap. Yeah, it is. But I think that's part of being authentic too, is realizing this is who I am. I don't do great in big groups and that's okay. Right. And another characteristic is how we treat people, but how we observe other people. And the key element seems to be kindness and respect. So being kind to people and we both know this. If you, you, we've both done this in educational settings with the volatile student and you switch it, you apply kindness and compassion and respect and it radically changes the behavior or the interaction that's about to happen. So it, it helps you, but it also helps that other person. And there was Dr. I think Oliver Curry, Oliver Scott Curry, University of Oxford scientist, and he said, people do indeed derive satisfaction from helping others. This is probably because we generally care about others' welfare and because random acts of kindness are a good way of making new friends and kickstarting supportive social relationships. Oh, have you seen that quote going around Facebook where Margaret Mead was asked, what's the first sign of civilization? And she said it was a mended femur bone. And everyone was like, wait, what? That's the first sign of civilization. And she said, yes, because we were a nomadic culture. And seeing that mended bone meant that the whole community stopped and waited and helped this person to heal that broken bone. Right. Doesn't that mirror exactly what we're trying and need to do right now as, as a global society? I sure hope so. I really, really do. So what's the next one on the list? Uh, the next one is <laughs> living in the moment and being a great listener. So we, we hear that concept, be in the moment, be in the now. But truly, if you're concentrating on what's happening in your life right now, it insists that we get rid of the baggage and clutter in our lives and live in the moment. So when you're really being um, free from those distractions of what already happened, what's happening, what's coming up, having that presence and concern for right now helps to eliminate the distractions. And being a great listener isn't just for conversations with loved ones, business partner, family, 
it, it's about listening to, to our own voice in our heads. It's listening to our intuition. It's doing what your heart is telling you to do. And that's a really strong sign of someone who is, is being authentic, is honoring yeah. your intuition and, and honoring being present. Being which, in the moment, I think, is so important during this pandemic-y time, too. Right. Because so often you can lose track of your authentic self and get stuck in, oh my gosh, what am I thinking with this career or with that job because the economy is taking... And what I think is so important, if you're in the moment and you can think, okay, are my bills covered right now? Is everyone home and safe and healthy right now? God willing, yes. And just focus on what you know to be true about you and about the situation in the moment. I think it's really, really great, not only for staying true to yourself, but for eliminating worry and fear. And the whole listening thing, oh, Denise, one of my biggest pet peeves, so many people, they don't listen what they listen for is a pause in the conversation so they can keep talking. Or they're thinking about what they want to say. Yes. Rather than hearing what you're saying. Or that, that is, that's so frustrating. And it's, and I have to admit, I've done that in boring situations before of, okay, just be patient and then try to divert the conversation in a new direction. But for the most part, <laughs> I wasn't being very authentic, I guess. The, the being in the moment thing. So we're being forced through social constraints right now of, of this virus to be more present. We don't know what's coming. We know we're not going back to what was. So you have to wonder if, if we can look at this as a gift of really securing, okay, this is who I am. This is what I need and want to do. I'm going to stand here now in my power and get ready to bring that to fruition. Sounds good anyway. No, it sounds great. And, and really, that's all we can do. It's such a powerful lesson for all of us if we allow it to be. Now, this next one I love because it's, it's near and dear to my heart. But authentic people tend to have open-mindedness and fairness to opportunities and people. And being open-minded is is built on trust and faith and acceptance that to step up for a call to action in their lives. It's really the, the special antidote to anxiety, stress, and intolerance. So if we're being fair-minded and, and willing to open up to new thoughts, ideas, and people, it allows that authenticity to come into our lives because, we, yes, we're living by our code of values and morals, and that remains constant. But when we open up to other people, and we're listening to that, it takes away the judgment and frees everything of bias. So it's, it's making an equal playing field. And I think that's about growth. Yeah, for sure. When you can be authentic with yourself, including your flaws, then you are going to eliminate judgment of others. This is more conversational of, so I think as, as empathic people, as sensitives, as whatever we, label we want to put on that, we're really good at feeling authentic with who we are personally. But I think a, a stumbling block is exactly like what you said when you were in that group of people and saying, this is what I do for a living and feeling a little uh, vulnerable to say the least. How can we find that inner strength to be able to project what our authenticity feels like within to be able to have that confidence to project it out? I think it comes from self-love and self-acceptance. You know, it, it wasn't too long ago that I realized that I don't really fit in anywhere. You know, like at my kid's private school, I don't fit in with all those wealthy women, you know, flying off in their planes to here and there and thither. And I, I just don't fit in with that lifestyle. I don't fit in with my church friends. You know, we all know why. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of my my close friends I mean thankfully I fit in with them but I but I don't in terms of their conversations are about going to work and meetings at the office and dealing with kids in the classroom and I don't deal with any of that anymore so anyway I just had this moment where I was like gosh I don't fit in I don't fit in with most intuitive people I, I really don't I don't think you do either no. You know, the whole like airy fairy, oh, the moon's making me feel weird. And 
mm-hmm. this retrograde thing is is messing with I I don't really fit in with that whole thing either. I still have my one or two diet cokes a day. Uh, I eat meat once a week. You know, I'm not that I'm not that person that I feel an intuitive person should be. I don't fit in with a lot of spiritual people. I have a temper. I I get angry on on the road. I I you know, I, I lose my patience in line at grocery stores. And so I just had this epiphany like, good god, you don't fit into any group. And then I thought, well, what the hell does fitting in mean? I mean, just mm-hmm. the word fit in. You've got to scrunch yourself and confine and conform yourself into some box that that who made up? Madison Avenue, advertising, culture, Facebook, Instagram, I don't know. But really, I would love everyone to answer that question for themselves. What the hell is so good about fitting in? (laughs) Which is absolutely stunningly perfect to describe authenticity. That was was beautiful. Uh, Because I think the fine line is, am I being authentic or am I coming from a place of ego? And I think that that's, we all struggle with, am I being this rather than am I true to, to being this, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can tell the difference if you're coming from ego or authenticity, because the learned conditioned self and your authentic wise self will, okay, so you can't tell the difference between your learned conditioned self and your authentic wise self. You'll always be stuck in either resisting or pushing. So you don't know which one you really need or want. So to be clear, you have to break free from the resisting and pushing. So these are behaviors that are unhelpful and keep you stuck and unhappy. So to break free from those by stepping into your authentic self, you can, and it always comes back to your inner truth. So if you catch yourself, which is ego-based, the shoulds, the should nots, I, I could have done this, I would have done that. If you keep getting into that loop tape, that's a really good indica- indicator. You've, you've jumped into the ego pond rather than the authenticity. So, you know, in some people, and you've, you've been a proponent of this for a long time of using talk therapy to work through something that you know isn't good for you. Mm-hmm. And for some people that really, really resonates and other people are going to have to find another way around that. And it might be paying attention to your physical body. It might be paying attention to your authenticity because a should feels dramatically different from an inner truth. So to really, that's, that's something you can play with is when, and I had one of these the other day where I had caught myself, I should really do that. It's the right thing to do. So if you have the strong moral compass of being authentic and true to yourself and something comes up to test that, that's a really hard decision to make with, I should do this because it's the right thing, but it isn't something you really want to do because you know it's coming from ego and not from authenticity. I feel like I just talked around in a big circle, but. No, but I understand what you're saying. And and it, it goes back to you are the only person that has to matter in your life when you're focusing on authenticity. Right. And I don't mean that in a selfish way. No, 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 no. Because if it's been programmed, if it's connected with ego or programmed behaviors, it's that obligation of having to do something. It's not wanting to let someone down. You don't feel excited about it. You feel like you're just going through the motions. You feel disconnected or, or even like you're living someone else's life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, ego desires, it can feel, it can be almost like feeling a little bruised when things don't go the way you want them to, or going around and around about desires or getting caught in the negative loop tape or anxiety, feeling anger or fear about not getting your desires, control issues, or feeling you'll be worthless unless you get, and this goes back to what you said, the next degree, the next designer bag, the next whatever accolade that is that you need. Whereas authenticity, signs of a true authentic desire is going to bring out joy and excitement, especially for no apparent reason. And I always joke and say, oh, little kid, happy clap. You ever just get that feeling like you just want to clap like a little kid? Like, yes. oh, I'm so excited. That's authenticity. When you feel that feeling of flow, uh, feeling deeply deserving, oh, I love this one, of your desires just as you are here and now. That, I don't know about you, that's kind of a hard one for me. 
feeling the flow of your desires no, feeling deeply deserving of your desires so you really oh. want something and then feeling deserving but that's a key part of authenticity oh that's that's one of my biggest stumbling blocks me too yeah i mean um, i always growing up we were kind of raised with you got love and applause when you were doing something mm -hmm. and it it wasn't like, oh, getting straight A's. That was one of them. But it could also be vacuuming the house. It could, You know what I mean? It right. could be, you just had to always be doing something. And so one of my biggest struggles is feeling deserving of a day of doing nothing. Which is why, like on Mother's Day, when my kids said, what do you want to do for Mother's Day? I mean, the options were go to the park or go to the park, you know, with the quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> because our beaches are open, but the public parking places are closed. So it's only if you're a resident, which isn't fair. But anyway, and I said, all I want to do is stay home and read and binge watch this show we've all been wanting to watch and order takeout and eat ice cream. That's that sounds it. Sounds like a lovely day. Yeah, but I want to do that a lot more than once a year on Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. But I have a really hard time giving myself permission to do that because I was raised with your worth is in your contribution. Let's see. And, and growing up, my worth was in how hard can you work? And it, that goes with the, you grow up working class and that's what you do. You work and that's what's valued. And it's just a, a, whether it's survival or pride or whatever else might be involved in that. But boy, if we could figure out how to step away from both of these things that are limiting us, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners are, are nodding their heads and saying, oh my gosh, that's me too, because I think it's a trait of being highly empathic. Oh my gosh, I remembered that weird esoteric conversation I had with my kids that we were talking about before we hit record. And But so you know I have two dogs, Lily and Charlie Brown, and Lily is my perfect Yorkie, and she does nothing wrong. And Charlie Brown is my rescue who does everything wrong. And he has no teeth now. And he's so he drools. And when he eats, it goes everywhere. And he's he's got some issues with remembering to pee outside. So he's causing us a lot of issues. And he's a very anxious dog. He's on medication for anxiety. So if I'm not physically near him, he will just pace or bark. And my kids can't stand him. And I said to them, what is love? Is love a transaction for you? And, you know, they rolled their eyes like, what are you talking about now, mom? And I was like, well, really, if you love someone, it has to be unconditional. You have to love them no matter what, even if they annoy you. Now, I'm not talking about like emotional abuse stuff. Get those people out of your life. I just mean with this little dog, he's not a very lovable dog to them. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And Lily is a lovable dog because she's beautiful and she sits and she preens and everyone oohs and ahs over how cute she is. And it just made me think, Charlie is being his authentic self. Who he is is an anxious little rescued puppy. Mm -hmm. And I think if we're going to be authentic and walk our true path, we have to really understand and look at everything we do in our life. Is everything a transaction? Is love a transaction? Do we have to constantly be doing and performing in order to feel authentic and valued? Or can we just sit our asses on a couch all day and feel authentically okay with that? Right. And, and, and not I think beat ourselves ask, up. Yeah. And asking those questions is really the only way to determine what's true for you. That's a really good analogy because what I got a visual in my head of poor Charlie Brown is, you know, the grouchy old man with no teeth that has yes. stains on his shirt. That's true. And he's got kind of an odor and you, you, you can't, you love him, but it's just like, oh, come on, old man, do something with yourself. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the energy that I get around, around Charlie. And he, it just, I, I don't know. I feel bad for the little guy now. I know. I always, my heart goes out to Charlie Brown all the time and, and nobody likes him. And when we walk the two dogs, everyone stops to comment on how beautiful Lily oh. is. Yes. And they so don't say feelings are hurt all the time. And you know, they, they dogs oh, they know. an average of like 200 words, but he knows the emotion. He knows what's going on. I can see it. And he deflates a little and it really bothers me. How old is he? 
We don't know. Okay. And because I had to have his teeth removed right after I got him, they really can't tell. Okay. How old he is. So I, I don't know. But looking at, do you remember that as a teacher? I remember that as a teacher. There'd be that one kid, like I had this one kid who was made fun of all the time in my class. And I used to get on the other students all the time. And I don't understand teachers who overlook that. And I know they overlook it because I've seen it. Yep. And they would pick on this kid. And when I worked with the kid, I could see why they picked on him. He did quote unquote weird stuff, right? Mm -hmm. He was always picking his pimples. Oh. And he was always picking his nose and then eating it. And he would do really strange things. It wasn't a lovable, according to our society, action. And yet all he needed was love. Right. And, I, and it just, I think that's really hard to be an authentic person when you are presented with someone who is a little challenging to love authentically. Exactly. I know that's a different path than, than this. No, show. no, no, no. That, that's a really good example because is that authenticity or is that a protection of please leave me alone? You know, it, there's a fine line with, for, for your student that was, was acting out. But I agree with you because I, I had quick memories of many students I worked with over the years that fit that. And you could understand why people got so upset with them. Right, because um, they aren't fitting in to the mold society has created. Right. But there is so much freedom when you decide that mold, it ain't for you. Exactly, exactly. Because if you're really... If it's an authentic desire of who you are and what you want to be, that's when the synchronicities start happening more and you start to feel more connected with the universe. If things start to fall into place more easily, you start feeling more loving and accepting of others and not jealous and controlling. And I think that that's huge, 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 because having, it, we, we talked about this so much, riding that middle rail of not wanting to identify with any of the extremes because that's what the world seems to be right now is extreme. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a very frustrating thing to see is how extreme everyone is reacting and responding to this. And I think when situations in your life aren't flowing like that, when you're at work and everything's going wrong, even the copier is breaking down on you and just you. You ever have that experience? You go up to the copier, you hit 20 copies, nothing happens. The next person comes up, works perfectly for them. All of those things, at least in my life, are always little, little stop signs or caution signs saying, mm, this might not be your path anymore. You might not be meant to be on this path. There's an authentic path right over here. We just got to nudge you. And so whenever things in my life start going haywire and they're not flowing, I'm not experiencing synchronicity or coincidences, that's usually a sign that something isn't authentic in my life. And then, you know, I can make that shift. Sometimes it means going back to look at what your family belief systems were. So was there something that happened when you were young and vulnerable and, and in your childhood that kind of put the brakes on, whether it's not feeling comfortable with your intuition or your sensitivity or your choice of partner, whatever it might be, was something put into place when you were dependent on your caretakers that you need to kind of look at that and say, I'm ready to let that go so that I can truly be who I am. That's a hard one. But it's an important one because yes. we, were, we were all labeled as kids, whether it was overtly or covertly. We all knew where we stood in our family and what our labels were. And you have to ask, is that still my label? Am I still that person? 99.9% .9 of the time, the answer is going to be no. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to create a new label for yourself. Your label is you. And, and paying attention to, are there any discrepancies between what your actions and your beliefs are and what you see yourself doing? So if you have strong convictions about a certain topic or belief or, or whatever that may be, but are you gossiping? Are you making hurtful remarks? Are you making comments about a certain race, creed, whatever it might be? Is that because it's triggered from an earlier memory and not who you truly are authentically and who you want to become authentically? Because 
I think it's a whole, you can only become more true to yourself. Right. And not in that way of where people have no filter, because that's different. You know, they'll always say, well, my age, I can say whatever the hell I want. No. Oh, no. <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> and people are crying and the pain is peeling off the walls and you're begging to mercy. Please, please don't say it. But that's not the same as being authentic in my book. No, that is not. No, that's that's one of my mom's favorite sayings. Well, it's just the truth. I'm just being honest. No, you're being kind of mean and insensitive. Mm-hmm. No, being authentic is not feeling a need to prove who you are is right, what you think is right, what you believe is right. Being authentic is just being okay with who you are, not needing to defend it, not needing to argue it. It's it's a for me anyway, it's a quiet inner acceptance. If you're and this is from from personal experience, if you're stepping away from the norm of your family of origin and you're more comfortable with who you've become than who you may have been, that's big ass work because that's taken the courage to face not only your own fears of, am I strong enough to step into who I really feel that I am, but it's going against your, whether it's your family of origin or if you feel like you're the one that's been airdropped in and you don't really fit with your family or your social group or your, we can fill in the blank with that. But truly the key is going to, to really look at your own inner core beliefs and say, is this enough that I have to be this and not who people have always told me I am? Well, don't you think when it is authentically you, you can't not be that person? For example, when I was really owning the fact that I was intuitive, I couldn't not be intuitive to make my family happy. Mm -hmm. You know, like things would just, things would just come out where I just, where I just knew. I remember early on, I was telling one of my family members, she was having a hard time with someone at work. And I said, well, there's, there's some abuse in her past life that, I mean, in her childhood that she's working through right now. And you need to be patient with her for about three more months. I don't know where that came from. And about six months later, the woman announced in a small employee meeting that she had just gotten done with this extensive, you know, therapy and she wanted to apologize for her prior bitchiness and that she was, you know, doing much better. And my family member was like, how did you know? And I was like, I don't know. But I couldn't have not said that. It just kind of tumbled out because it's, it's who I am. Mm -hmm. And I think whatever that is, whether you're coming to realize that you are, um, you know, not in love with your partner anymore, or if you're coming to realize that, you know, your, your gender preference is different, or you're just coming to realize that the career you spent your whole life studying and working towards and, and participating in is no longer resonating with you, whatever it is, I don't think you can not be that you can you can push it down sure but like anything we push down it's going to spill out in other areas and create a huge mess right it, that's very very well stated and so now that we're all feeling very authentic and we're <laughs> saying we are who we are damn it there's some ways to maintain this and this this first one making telling the truth a habit and I, re- I remember, and I used to not, like white lies of, um, you know, little things if I didn't want to do them, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do that because, or, and after some, some life circumstances, I made a promise to myself, I will shut up or I will be honest, and I can't, I, I won't hurt people intentionally with my honesty, going back to what you just said about your mom, but it's so easy to maybe twist things a little bit for it's more convenient. It's, it covers up some embarrassment. It saves face. And you say, Oh, it's a little white lie. It doesn't really hurt anything. But the more we tell those little white lies, the less we're accepting our authenticity and we're seeing ourselves as somehow flawed by not being able to be honest, you know, making, making statements and decisions consciously. And I've noticed um, with the statements, you know, 
words. We're both wordy people and we're clear and, and succinct with what we want to say a lot of the times. But decisions have been kind of rough lately. And I think we're getting bombarded with so much unrest. Have you found that as well? Yes. Yeah. I feel like I've developed ADD in this, in this pandemic time. It's been hard to focus, to concentrate, to read a book, you know, from start to end to make effective decisions. I think that's all the, I think, especially for us empaths, we're picking up on all the fear and anxiety throughout the world right now. Right. So sometimes if you just slow down and say, is this decision supporting my authentic self? Is someone, do I feel like I'm being pushed into making a decision before I'm ready? Or that, have, have I really thought this out if this is what I truly want that's going to, that will honor me, my path and, and direction? I just want to say something about the white lies. Yeah. Because I first read about that in the four agreements, you know, be authentic with right. your word. And now I'm not, I'm not a liar, but I, I tell white lies a lot. You know, if you come home with a perm, I'm going to be like, oh, that's such a fun, I love the curl. Yes, it looks great. <laughs> and I'm still a believer in that white lie. I, I'm sorry, okay, I just that, am. No, 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 because that's the ugly baby lie. And, and I just, <laughs> no, 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 that sounds terrible. When my boys were young, because I would, wanted them to be socially acceptable, and I would say, so, and we'd do these little scenarios, and I'd say, so. You see someone coming, pushing a baby carriage, and you peek inside, and it is the most hideous baby you've ever seen. What do you say to that mother? And they would say all of these colorful things. And I said, try one more time. I would say, boy, that's a very beautiful baby. I said, bingo. You, because emotionally, that woman, that is the most beautiful baby in the world. And you, you have to honor that. So we, we talked about, and we do scenarios. But I, I used to tell other white lies, like if somebody asked me to go somewhere and I didn't want to go to that place with them, I would make up such an elaborate excuse. I can't get a babysitter. Well, I have a great babysitter for you. Ugh. And I was meditating one night and my guide showed me, me with my aura and he, and he showed me little pebbles being thrown at my aura and it was creating little dings, not holes, just little dings. And he said, every time you tell a white lie, it dings your aura. And over time, it's going to wear it down. Wow. And I, I really think that's true. So now if someone asks me to do something and I don't want to do it, and this is something my friend Allison taught me, she always says, you can say no with no explanation. Mm -hmm. That was like, that was like, I don't know, such a revelation to me. It was as revelatory to me as reading The Course of Miracles was. It's like, really? I don't have to explain myself? And so now I just say no. Or if, do you have those friends where when you, they call you, you know it's going to be like an hour? Mm -hmm. You know, you just have those long conversations. Yeah. And I always want to talk to them, but sometimes it's not the right time. And I used to text, sorry, can't talk right now. I'm working. When I really wasn't working, I was just not wanting to sit down for an hour and talk. And now I don't do that. I'm very authentic. I'll just text back and say, it's not a good time. Can I call you after seven? Right. Not lying. But, but being that, authentic. That and was a learned thing for me. That really well, I, I think it is with. for a lot of us. I think it is for a whole lot of us. Because to speak your truth in that way, you're, you're still being responsible. You're showing you can be trusted, that you trust other people enough to show your, general, your, your genuine vulnerable self. And I'm, I would almost guarantee most of the people say, oh, no worries. Just get in touch with me when you can. Right. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I think for many of us, another thing is the more you feel, you, the more you do to improve yourself, to grow, to develop, to, to hone a skill, to go within and say, this is important to me and I want to develop it. That's a, a form of authenticity as well. Um, you know, some people say if you've aligned with your life purpose, it's easier to step into a more authentic role. So that's a fine line between shouldn't you be authentic and then the life purpose would be a benefit of your authenticity? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think all of these are good to explore and, and to think about, which is why it all goes back to that you know, know yourself, know yourself. If you know who you are and how you work, 
you're going to be much more further along the authentic path. Like I always beat myself up because you know me, Denise, I have so many things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. You should see my to-do list every day. It's ridiculous. And I used to beat myself up because I, at the end of the day, I'd have half the things checked off. And I, and I would think, why didn't I get to that or that or that? And I have to start reminding myself, you always get everything on your to-do list done. You might not get it done that day, but you always get it done. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a lot of peace. I have another friend who's very messy and her house is just super disorganized. And she just accepted that about herself. And she went down to Target and bought a bunch of like those really pretty wicker baskets. And now she just puts all her disorganization in each room in those baskets. Because she's like, this is who I am. I'm never going to change. But I'm going to organize my disorganization in these baskets. But, but that's authentic. Yeah. It's, and not beating herself up. I should be more organized. I should not be so messy. I, no, that, that's a beautiful example. Yeah, I hope so. Because I, I, I do think there's, there's a very, very tricky line we all have to walk with is this me being authentic or is this me copping out and not evolving and growing? Right. Exactly. But I also think we have this amazing, amazing opportunity right now to step more into our authenticity and become more self-aware because we're, we're, we are, as, as individuals and as a global unit, really, I hope, redefining our values and trying to be more open-minded and trying to come together to help each other out. We're doing that as an empathic community through this show and our website and our classes and all of those things. So maybe that will cause a beautiful ripple effect and we can all feel more authentic with where we are on the planet. Well, and it reminds me of, you know, my, my wish for the world. I always say if I were given one wish for the world, it wouldn't be world peace. My wish would be that everyone loved themselves unconditionally. Right. If we that, all loved ourselves unconditionally, there would be world peace. There, and there'd be authenticity and joy and acceptance. And I, I just think that's what, so that's what I mean when I say it's all about you. I don't mean that in a selfish way. I mean that in a self-love way. Right. Right. Because if you're, if you're being honest with your feelings, you're not trying to please everyone, you're not constantly looking for validation, and you're, you're saving your white lies for things that aren't going to hurt people, <laughs> that's authenticity. And it's also raising the vibration, which we talk about so much. Being true to yourself so you don't have to pretend to be someone else. Um, it can help with not getting stuck in the past of making your own decisions. I mean, there's so many positive things about truly saying, this is who I am. This is what I came here to do. And you get me or you don't. Very brave though, isn't it? To put yourself out there like that. It is very brave. And, and I think we learn that bravery through trial and error. I don't think it happens from listening to this podcast or reading a book or just saying it. Right. I think it comes through a lot of trial and error and, and knowing throughout every step of the way that you are loved. And, and however, I don't know, is that God for you? Is that goddess? Is that force creator? That doesn't matter. But just know that there is a universal force of energy overseeing all of us who loves us unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And if that creator created us, then that self-love, that unconditional love is within us. And the only way we can access that, I think, is through being authentic and true to ourselves. Even if it hurts people. And that's a hard one too, Denise, you know? It really is. I, I have a very good friend. And when she came out of the closet and told her mother she was a lesbian, she knew that was going to hurt her family. Mm -hmm. And she still had to do it. And now, you know, thankfully they're all fine with it. When I came out of my psychic closet, I knew that was going to hurt my family and freak them out. Uh, to this day, my mom still says, how many degrees do you have? And you're still doing the psychic thing? 
But she cannot wrap her head around it. Thank God I paid for grad school. Can you imagine if she had paid for that? Holy cow. I'd be writing her checks every month. Uh, so she still can't wrap her head around that. There are. I have friends who have gone through divorces. Where I, I have one friend who went through a divorce. And her dad still hangs out and with her ex-husband. And like they play golf and go fishing. And he's still trying to convince his daughter to go back to the ex-husband, even though he cheated on her. Mm. That's hard, but she had to be her authentic self. So I don't think this is an easy path to walk. Fitting in is much easier, but easy isn't always best. No, but don't you feel that, or think, or however we want to process that, the more authentic you are, it takes away from not being able to bring in the true friendships, the real relationship, your tribe, the boundaries. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, we both talked to countless people and we've said it, you know, I don't want to bring in the same situation. I don't want to bring in the same person with a different face because is it when you step in, when you're ready to fully step up and say, this is who I am and what I deserve and what I want you're going to attract that back. Because otherwise, what you're left with is an illusion. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're not living your authentic life, what you are living is an illusion. And that's never satisfying. Right. That's never fulfilling. And that's never going to help grow your soul. No. no well. I hope this has given people a lot to think about. We would love to hear your stories or questions about being authentic. Obviously, we highly recommend Brene Brown's book and her TED Talk. And she has a great podcast out, which I'm sure everyone knows about because it's like number one right now. Mm -hmm. She is so authentic and vulnerable. And you can see that and hear that come through on her podcast, which is great. And I hope you can hear that come through with Denise and me. I don't think we've ever projected this image of We've got it all together. We know all the answers. <laughs> oh, no. That's not a problem. <laughs> I don't think we could do that. I'm not that good of an actress. <laughs> so we are still working through being our own authentic self right along with you. But I do think, at least in terms of coming out of the spirituality closet, you and I can speak with some authority mm -hmm. on how difficult that is and how worthwhile that is. And I just don't think. Was it Nietzsche who said there's no price too high to, to pay for the, the price of owning yourself? That is not how he said it, but. But the gist of it. The gist, yeah, yeah. Um, really and truly, there, there is just nothing better than owning yourself, owning who you are, faults and all. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a freedom that comes from that because you're not but trying to fit in. That's the perfect word. It gives you the freedom to really be who you are and live life the way you want to live it. That's, and I think that's what we all want. And that's what we all deserve. Yes. So if you want to sit your happy ass down on a couch this weekend and binge a show, <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> all right. We hope you guys have a great, wonderful week. Don't forget, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care. <laughs>